Chapter Twenty Two of Delorme by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two The irritable suspicions which, without his own knowledge, he had excited in my bosom made me still regard the careless manner in which Garcias had treated my inquiries concerning the packet he had conveyed to Helen as a matter of some offence. I forgot that he knew not my feelings on this subject and i am afraid i made no allowance for his excited and overwrought as they were notwithstanding the degree of irritation that i felt however i could not resist the frankness of manner with which he addressed me when we came within sight of lerida here monsieur le comte said he you had better leave us that path will take you into the high road to barcelona whither if i might advise you would make all possible speed my way is towards those towers where my poor catalina's brother lies in bonds what may come of it i do not know but either this night shall see him once more a free man or my head shall lie lower than it ever yet has done farewell monsieur le comte i doubt not we shall meet again do not forget me till then and ever believe that a warm and grateful heart however rude may dwell in the bosom even of a spanish smuggler and that if this arm or this sword can ever serve you you may command it are you too proud to accept that horse you ride as a present from one who is under many a debt of gratitude to your house i hardly know what it was for there was certainly very little in his words to change the angry feelings with which i had regarded him a moment before but the manner wherewith a thing is said more than the thing itself has often the power to let us into the dark council chamber of a man's bosom and show us the motives which govern his actions gleaming through the very coldness of garcias's demeanour i saw the wish to act towards me in the kindest and most grateful manner only overpowered by the excitement of his own circumstances and i instantly made those allowances which i should have done at first i will accept it garcias with pleasure replied i because i hope hereafter to repay it with other debts to you in a way that i have not now the means of doing a word or two more passed and then bidding him adieu i rode along the path he pointed out followed by achilles lefranc and soon reached the high road of which he had spoken here my poor little companion who had hitherto smothered the torments of st bartholomew rather than risk being left behind found it impossible to contain his expostulations any further monseigneur said he in a tone which mingled the doleful and the theatrical in a very ludicrous degree god knows that i am willing to follow on your steps to the last grain of my sand to serve you with my best service to my last breath but indeed indeed it must be on foot horseback becomes me not i am already worn to the bone so help me heaven as i would rather ride a grindstone by the hour together than the stiff ridge of this hard-backed charger consider my lord consider that my business has ever been on foot and that never but once before did i venture to cast my legs across that iron-spined beast called a horse at least in pity give me half an hour's repose at the first cottage we pass for i can get no farther the request of the poor little man was but reasonable and after proceeding about half a league farther on our way 
we stopped at a small sort of inn where i suppose the carriers from lerida ordinarily paused to water their horses here with rest and food and wine i strove to put achilles into a fit state for proceeding on his journey but none of these applications seemed to touch the part affected and the ludicrous stiffness that supervened when he had sat still for a few minutes almost made me abandon the hope of going forward that day after about an hour however a very powerful incentive to motion came in aid of my wishes and soon induced monsieur achilles to start from his settle and though every joint seemed made of wood and creaked in the moving he nevertheless got to his horse even more quickly than myself the cause of this revolution in his feelings was very simple and consisted in nothing more than a sound somewhat disagreeable to one of his peculiar temperament the morning was clear and the wind high coming in quick gusts from the side of lerida which as near as i could judge lay at a distance of two miles it was not far enough however to prevent our hearing after having rested as i said near an hour the beating of a drum mingled with the retreat call upon the trumpet at this achilles pricked up his ears and the good dame of the house shrugged up her shoulders saying the soldiers again they will never stop till they have taken our all a pause then ensued and a moment after an irregular fire of musketry made itself heard and close again upon that burst after burst came the roaring of some heavy pieces of cannon the good hostess who was alone in the house threw herself upon her knees before a picture of st Diego, and beseeched him so heartily for protection that i could hardly divert her attention to receive payment for what ourselves and the horses had consumed in the meanwhile achilles who seemed heartily to sympathize with the hostess though his feelings urged him in another direction had moved to his horse with a very white face and before i could mount was already on the road let us make haste cried he in god's name to my ears the noise of cannon is no way harmonious let us make haste monseigneur i am sure i hear them coming i do not even love the sound of a firelock the only drum that should be tolerated is that of a charlatan and though he may kill as many people or more than a soldier he does it quietly promising to cure them all the while don't you hear a noise behind us monseigneur i am sure i hear a drum of which sound the drum of my ears has all the jealousy of a rival morbleu what a roar of cannon that must have killed a great many people such broken exclamations did he continue to pour forth from time to time as fast as the jolts of his horse admitted till we had placed a good many miles between us and lerida we were then obliged to slacken our pace though we still heard occasionally the distant roaring of the cannon proving incontestably that the struggle between the populace and the soldiery continued unabated though from very different motives i was as glad to avoid taking any part in the transactions which i had reason to believe were going on at lerida as little achilles himself i had gathered from the conversation of francisco and garcias that the catalonian peasantry had been instigated to revolt in no slight degree by secret agents of the french government and i had but little inclination to be identified with schemes which i could not look upon as highly honourable to have been mistaken for one of these agents by the populace 
would have placed me in a very embarrassing situation unacquainted as i was with the designs and measures of my own government and i well knew that to disclaim a character with which the multitude chose to invest one was the surest way to provoke without convincing them i was therefore anxious on every account to reach barcelona as speedily as possible and to quit a country where no pleasing part was left me to play before the first news of the insurrection caused an embargo to be laid upon the ports but unfortunately our horses had by this time become so jaded that i was obliged to slacken my pace and proceed more slowly lest they should fail us altogether about an hour more elapsed before we reached any place that could give shelter and rest for our horses for i remarked here as in the country near saragossa though catalonia is better peopled than many parts of spain that the towns and villages are sadly distant from one another when compared with the overflowing population of france at length however the road wound up the side of a gentle hill upon whose green and velvet top a group of old rough cork trees scarcely yet bearing a blush of tardy verdure upon their branches were mingled with a number of earlier trees all clothed in the thousand bright hues of spring amongst these as we rode up we could every now and then discern the straight lines of a cottage diversifying the wild and irregular masses of the foliage and offering here and there a hard outline cutting upon the clear background of the sky yet the whole was the more picturesque and beautiful for those very stiff lines of the buildings whether from the contrast of the forms alone or from the mingled associations called up in the mind by the sight of man's habitations combined with the more graceful productions of simple nature or from both i know not however there was an air of calm tranquillity in that little village and its group of trees raised up upon the soft green hill and standing clear and defined in the pure sunshiny sky which formed a strange mild contrast with the distant roar that the wind bore in sullen gusts from lerida there was a latent moral in every look of nature's face which did man but study it would prove a great corrector of the heart and when i thought of the carnage and the crime which that far-off roar announced the peaceful aspect of the scene before me made me shudder at the effect of excited human passions and i hurried on my way to escape as fast as possible from the tumults which i doubted not were then in action at lerida knowing as i did that horses are cheap in this part of the country i resolved to venture some portion of my remaining money rather than delay my progress to barcelona accordingly as soon as i perceived the least appearance of hospitable walls i asked poor achilles if he could muster strength to continue his journey representing to him that any delay might probably prevent us from quitting spain if it did not induce still more disagreeable consequences a tear of pain and fatigue actually rose in the weary player's eye as he abandoned the hope of repose with which the sight of the village had inspired him but the sound of the cannon and the beating of the drum still rung in his ears and he professed his willingness to go on as long as he was able to do anything in short to get out of hearing of such sounds as the wind had borne from lerida the village however was but a poor one and on inquiring at the posada whether we could exchange our horses for two fresh ones offering at the same time a suitable repayment for the accommodation 
i was informed that no horse could be obtained in the place for love or money except those employed in agriculture which were not precisely suited to my purpose nothing remained then but to stay where we were to give our horses food and four hours rest and to take what repose we could ourselves obtain so nearly balanced had been the wishes of poor little achilles between fear on the one scale and fatigue in the other that i do not believe he was at all sorry to hear that a halt was inevitable and while i acted as the groom and took care that every means was employed to renovate the vigour of our beasts he cast himself upon a chuckle-bed and within two minutes was sound asleep i followed his example as soon as i had provided for the renewal of our journey for though well calculated to bear no ordinary portion of exercise i was now considerably exhausted having ridden more than thirty leagues that day in addition to all that i had undergone before my sleep however was feverish and interrupted and before the four hours were concluded i was again upon my feet it was about the hour that the spaniards generally devote to sleeping during the great heat of the middle of the day but on going to seek for my horse i found the villagers collected in various groups at the different doors all eagerly talking upon some subject that seemed to excite their feelings to the uttermost i easily conceived that some news had reached them from lerida but judging it best to remain as innocent of all knowledge concerning any tumults that might have occurred as possible i asked no questions but proceeded towards the stable for the purpose of preparing for our departure leaving my weary follower to enjoy his slumbers till the last moment before i reached the door however a clattering of horses hoofs made me turn my head and i saw a castilian trooper galloping as fast as his horse would bear him into the village he was armed with a steel headpiece cuirass and gauntlets and mounted on a horse which though wounded and bloody still bore him on stoutly his offensive arms consisted of his long heavy sword a case of large pistols a dagger and two musketoons so that considering him as an opponent his aspect would have been somewhat formidable as he came up he glanced his eye ferociously over the various groups of peasantry amongst whom two or three muskets were visible but without taking farther notice of any one he cut in between me and the stable door and springing to the ground in a moment led out the horse which had borne my little follower thither evidently with the purpose of transferring his heavy demi-peak saddle from his own wounded charger to its back this however did not at all suit my purposes and laying my hand upon the halter i told him the horse was mine and that he must stand off this information brought upon my head a torrent of castilian abuse and thrusting himself in between me and the horse he struggled to make me quit my hold raising his gauntleted hand as if to strike me in the face he was a smaller man than myself in every respect and also embarrassed with the weight of his arms so that it was with ease i caught his wrist with one hand to prevent his striking me while with the other i grasped the lower rim of his cuirass and threw him back clanking upon the pavement in an instant half a dozen young villagers sprang out of their houses surrounded the prostrated trooper before he could make any attempt to rise and would i believe have dispatched him with their long knives had i not interfered to save his life viva la francia viva la francia cried half a dozen voices at once let him rise let him rise 
The French caballero commands it. Let him rise, let him rise. Some of the Catalonians, however, were for opposing this piece of clemency, and evidently animated by the same spirit of hatred to the soldiery as their countrymen of Lerida, cried aloud to kill the tiger. How many of ours has he killed? exclaimed they. How often has he plundered our houses, assaulted ourselves, insulted our women? Let him die, let him die. But the discussion had for a moment diverted their attention from their prisoner, and though one of the strongest villagers had his foot upon the soldier's corslet, he contrived suddenly to throw him off, and, springing up, to catch his wounded horse, which still stood nigh. Half a dozen blows with musket stocks and knives were now aimed at him in an instant, but leaping into the saddle he spurred his horse through the crowd, and, saved by his corslet and morion from many a random stroke, galloped down the road like lightning. At the distance of about a hundred yards, however, he turned in the saddle, and while his horse went on, aimed one of his musketoons calmly at the group assembled round me, and fired. The ball whizzed close by me and grazed the cheek of a villager near, leaving a long black wound along that side of his face. Fortunately for the fugitive, none of the muskets were loaded which graced the hands of those he left behind, otherwise his flight would have been but short. As it was, he departed undisturbed, and the whole of the group around turned to me, inquiring, as of one who had some title to command them, what was to be done next. Were they, they asked, to collect and join the patriots at Lerida, or to march forward upon Barcelona, collecting what troops they could on the road, and at once attack the tyrants in their headquarters? I, of course, disclaimed not only all right to direct them, but all knowledge of the subject, telling them that I had merely cast the soldier from me in defence of my own property, and that I was not aware what patriots they spoke of at Lerida, or what tyrants at Barcelona. "'What?' cried one of the young men, with a look divided between surprise and incredulity. "'Do you not know that the inhabitants of Lerida have risen and cast off the yoke of the Castilian tyrants? "'Do you not know the glorious news that they have beat the mercenary soldados of Castile "'through every street of the city wherever they dared to make a stand, "'till the few that escaped have shut themselves up in the citadel?' Do you pretend not to know that they have well avenged the death of the poor youth that the bloody-minded slaughterers fired off last night from a cannon's mouth? Pshaw! You know it well enough, and we know, too, that it was with arms and ammunition from France that all this has been done. So, viva la Francia! Viva el Francais! It was in vain I protested my ignorance of the whole. They were determined to believe me an agent of the French government, and nothing I could say had any effect in persuading them to the contrary. The only means I could devise for extricating myself from the unpleasant situation in which I was placed, without violating the truth, was to tell them that I was going on myself to Barcelona, but that I thought the best thing they could do would be to remain quiet till they heard more particularly from Lerida, taking care to be prepared for whatever event might occur. They received this advice as if it had come from some Delphic oracle. "'Yes, yes, he is right,' cried one. "'We will wait for orders from Lerida.' "'He will get to Barcelona before the Castilian now,' cried the second, 
Quick, saddle the cavalier's horse. Send us off a dispatch as soon as all is safe at Barcelona, cried a third. But to this last I did not think fit to make any reply, as I had not the least intention of complying with the request. All were soon ready to set out, but a sudden difficulty delayed me some time, which was that when about to depart, I could nowhere discover Monsieur Achilles Lafranc, whom I had left upstairs sound asleep. To leave the poor little man alone in a country, the language of which was as unknown to him as Hebrew, was a piece of cruelty I could not think of committing. I was nevertheless nearly obliged to do so, for after looking for him in vain in the room where he had slept, and in every other place I could think of, with the assistance of half a dozen Spaniards, men, women, and children, he was drawn out from below the bed, where he had ensconced himself on hearing the sound of a musket, with the various shouts of the Spaniards in the street. He seemed, however, in no degree ashamed of his cowardice. "'I own it! I own it!' cried he. "'I have nothing of Achilles about me but the name. I am vulnerable from top to toe.' and so great a coward into the bargain, that I think the only wise thing my great namesake ever did was in staying away so long from the fields of Troy, and the most foolish thing in going back again at all. End of chapter 22